Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comics Evolve, where we discuss all things around comics media culture with your hosts, Andy, Jarian, and Alex. Welcome to Comics Evolve with myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. And we are back after two weeks off. We've been busy working and traveling and having family shenanigans, and it's great to be back live. Um, Alex, how are you? Good, good. A little bit, uh, been a little bit under the weather, but um, I'm You're here. You're here on, so, on the back end of it know. now. Hopefully we can uh, we can cheer you up with a little bit of uh, nerd culture <laughs> conversation. Jaron, how are you? Doing good, you know, happy to be back. You know, I was traveling for a week and happy to be back in. And it's nice here, you know, soccer or football for you, Andy. Uh, football season for the kids. And so, yeah, nice, busy weekend. Excellent, excellent. Ours has all been rained off this weekend. It's been so wet over here, uh, down in where I am. It's been too wet. We, we was, there was puddles on our pitches uh, yesterday. So we couldn't play this weekend, I'm afraid. But um, hopefully the, the weather is turning now with spring. Um, we have got today, we're going to be talking about um, a couple of episodes of uh, Mandalorian season three. We're going to be catching up on all sorts of news. I think we've got news from all around the comic space, Joan. Am I right in saying that? Yep. Excellent. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Young Avengers, uh, the Children's Crusade. So we've uh, we've had a reread of that over the last two weeks. We had two weeks off where we had last week. We weren't uh, we weren't live. So we had two weeks to read Children's Crusade. I know we've all read it before, but uh, I've reread it. Just finished reading the last uh, few pages um, about an hour ago. So I, re I really enjoyed it again. But um, uh, I think what we'll do is we'll get stuck straight into that conversation now and then go news and then go Mando. How does that sound? Sounds good. Excellent. So Children's Crusade. I read it for the first time uh, at least two, well, probably three or four years ago. Now I get mixed up with COVID. It, it seems like a year ago was pre-covid but it wasn't it was like three years ago now isn't it so i probably read it about four years ago for the first time and um i really enjoyed it then but i think i really i think i enjoyed it more this time around especially with all the iron lad stuff that was going on in there and the kang um sort of snippets and the little bits of him and the time travel stuff it became very relevant to the to the mcu but um you know alan heimberg i think done a done a great job of tying in lots of loose ends from different storylines you know obviously it picks up from avengers disassembled and it's it picks up from obviously the, the young avengers first uh few storylines it plays on kang as well which obviously has a big part in the avengers um and house and, of m yeah house of m thank you yeah house of m so there's so many well there's quite a few different different little pieces that come in um he does a great job but while also still <laughs> i think stick into the essence of young avengers which is that kind of you know finding out who you are and finding out um what kind of person you want to be in this world and uh you know it's got that teen angst part to it hasn't it you know and that, so they it, he he looks at these stories that have been in marvel for you know 10 years plus and still manages to keep it very relevant to the young avengers mm -hmm. i am um, so, so, so obviously the story. I don't know if uh, anybody that's listening. If you're listening and you're watching, you know, drop us a drop us a comment. Just say hi. Uh, if you've got any any um, comments that you want to bring on about any of the things we talk about tonight, please do. 
uh, remember to let us know who you are because some of the platforms we don't see your name pop up um but um so in, in uh, children's crusade starts off with um our our young avengers um saving the day and wiccan being a bit um over overzealous with his powers i guess maybe and uh and then sort of avengers are saying well hold on a minute is this guy you know it's a repeat of the wanda situation yep. isn't it? Mm -hmm. wanda 2.0 in essence you know yeah, yeah they don't they don't trust him think the same is going to happen and the story takes you for a ride uh because we find out there were some ulterior things going on in the background yeah mm -hmm. I, I, do you know what i'd forgotten about that you're talking about doom yeah yep yeah you know right at the end when he says that he was kind of responsible for all these different things that had gone on i forgot that that was the case and i was like yeah. oh yeah i forgot he's he sort of said yeah it was me all along sort of yeah you know, it from, was him, from, the strings. from him putting the doom bot in in tunisia to think it was or tunisia to think it was uh scarlet witch there to him you know knowing the whole time what happened but not telling her and you know her thinking that she's in love with him get ready to marry him that kind of stuff and then all along you know it, it's almost like the agatha all along moment moments in wandavision you know it was it was doom all along and you know it was funny because one of the avengers i think it was captain america that made a comment you know this is the not so secret war you know again so yeah. leading mm -hmm. to you know be that they're off the heels of the secret war with you know doom getting the beyonder powers and that kind of stuff and now it's all over again, but instead of being a secret, it's out there in front, and, and Doom has, like, uh, what, life illumination life powers, force, yeah. life force mm -hmm. powers in this one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it seems always like Doom's always, you know, have some ulterior motives going on. Well, and Doom actually says at one point, too, when the Young Avengers take Wanda, he's like, great, look at what you've done. You've let the greatest weapon, like, out there just slip away. Like, look yep. at what you've done. And it's like, all right, well, there's Doom's whole plan this whole time, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, just in a sentence, like, you know, like... It is so. funny though because you say that though, like for for the first sort of few chapters, you're kind of reading this going, "Oh, has Doom turned a new leaf? Like, is he? A, he's not a good guy, but you know, is Never. he? Is he sort of? Is he? He really loves Wanda. Like, he really wants to just settle down and have a wife. And then you kind of, as it goes on, <laughs> wild card, wild card. He starts saying a few things, and you like, there he is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It yeah. was interesting too because this. uh this story could really translate into the MCU as well. Not, mm. not like for like, right? There's not mutants yet. You know, we know Cap's gone, Tony's gone. You know, there's we haven't seen Beast yet in the MCU, mutants, you know, all that kind of stuff. But as far as the core Young Avengers team, they're all introduced now in the MCU, right? So we could do this story off the heels of, of Civil, you know, because think about the tone of this story, right? We've had Civil War, which was about Wanda and her powers that happened uh, when they went in that first mission with Crossbones and the bomb. Then we had um, the whole WandaVision thing, WandaVision thing after um, Vision's death in the MCU and the fallout of the Infinity Saga. And then now we have Multiverse of Madness, uh, which kind of leads up to Scarlet Witch, you know, trying to get her boys back, which, you know, kind of tones in this story and, and so forth. So we have that buildup in the MCU where they could kind of start off where um, this, I keep saying this too, this would be the greatest scene ever in the MCU if we saw Doom rolling up to Mount Wondergore, getting Wanda, have her draped across the bear and taking her back to Latveria to kind of manipulate her and that kind of stuff. And then we have, you know, what's coming up with uh, Agatha House of Harkness. Supposedly the boys are back. Yeah, we know that um, her brother Pietro is dead in the MCU um, and they did a little play on WandaVision, but they, they could do similar tones of the story 
and make it a Victor Von Doom centric story of him trying to get some powers and so forth, and possibly even Iron Lad pop up as well as part of that Young Avengers team to kind of lead him on that path to become King the Conqueror. Um, they could also even use Doctor Strange as a surrogate in the story for Doom, possibly, maybe, after what happened, maybe Wong, um, but even have America Chavez joining on the team as well. So there's some ways they could, you know, readapt the story for the MCU is what we've seen so far. And I also think the story has kind of two kind of interesting things as well. And one of them is like the time travel aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with the time travel stuff that's happening right now, it's it would play in very well with that. The yep. other part I really like about this story is, and this is something I felt like the MCU was going to do with Scott Lang getting stuck in the quantum realm, was you actually see the Avengers are talking about how like, you know, Scott Lang has died. And then when Scott, when they go back to the past, they bring Scott Lang to the future. So it's almost like, you know, did Scott Lang actually die that day? Or was it the fact that they went back in time and pulled him to the future and he's only been gone all this time Mm -hmm. because he was brought from that point in time to the future. So they thought he died like in the explosion, but he's not dead. I, I still think that they're in an alternate timeline. I think that when Janet came back to save Scott, Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Cassie and the Pims, you know, Janet and Hank are in present day. I mm-hmm. think Scott and, and, um, Hope, when they went back through, you know, I think there's some trickery going on there that King might have played that they're mm-hmm. actually in either alternate timeline or in stuck in some kind of time loop. And mm-hmm. I, I think we'll see that coming up. So, so you see this weird little switch though in this in this story where you get Scott Lang back, but you lose Cassie in the yep. story. You know, so it's like this weird flip where it's like you have Cassie in the beginning, but we don't have Scott, and then we get the reverse. It's mm. interesting. I think that that whole time travel thing that you was talking about there, Alex, especially with Iron Lad involved, um, is really interesting because of that. He's he's he the whole Iron Lad, the whole his whole purpose is to not turn into Kang exactly mm-hmm. but there's there's some great moments in there where you know everything that he does it, it is leading him to turn into kang like it, it's exactly. inevitable isn't it and he's he's fighting against all of these things but actually it's always going to happen yeah mm-hmm. he thinks that he can use time to fix things which is king the conqueror's you know whole idea there and then because the vision steps out of line tries to stop him which he helped him rebuild vision from future tech he ends up killing the vision you know, mm. in his anger of, of Cassie dying and going back into the time stream. Yeah, that's, yeah. that is typical of him, isn't it? It's like, you know, Vision says that to him, doesn't he? He says, you can't just fix things by going yep. through time. Like, that's that's what Kang does. And that's where he gets so annoyed. And you're like, you're, you're, you're literally becoming Kang now. Like, mm-hmm. this is it. This is you doing it, you know? Um, and that leads back into that um, Only Myself Left the Conquer storyline, the, yep. the, the Kang storyline, where it's, like, it's from Iron Lad's perspective. And he's trying to do everything to stop himself from turning to Kang, but he just does. Uh, it's such a great story. And you can see elements of that in this. Well, and with Kang, you have this like nature versus nurture kind of argument going on where it's like either in like Nathaniel Richards, you know, nature to be this way always, and he'll never be able to escape that. Or like maybe like him surrounding himself with the right people, maybe a young Nathaniel Richards could change that. But, you know, mm. like it's almost like he's going right back to the same trajectory as you know kang so and i think he said that in that story that you were just talking about uh only myself left to conquer he's like you are inevitably always going to be me like you know like you cannot escape this like a couple things in the chat here uh 
Darth Gorycorn um, from Twitch. I'll be honest, the multiverse is kind of burning me and a lot of people I've talked to. I've talked uh, to out. It's getting to the point uh, things are spread too thin. Yeah, and it, it could be, and that's why maybe that's why Marvel kind of, you know, are, are tweaking the schedule, spreading things out, you know, focusing more on quality than quantity, even though I don't think quality was the biggest issue out there um, other than some, you know, VFX stuff. So, yeah, something to keep an eye on as this uh, saga moves forward. Yeah, I think that, um, I think actually you just made a good point there. I don't think that the, I think a lot of the stuff was 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 good. I just do think there was too much of it. I, I no no there wasn't too much of it for me there was probably wasn't too much of it for us but there was probably too much of it for a lot of regular fans i know? feel like i feel like a counter argument could be made for that though because like look at like uh multiverse of madness like this is the multiverse of madness yet we really only see one universe and that's the 838 like you know other than their main 616 the other ones are like hey they fell through these really really fast and you see them like in a in a highlight reel real quick as they fall through universes but then they ultimately it only really takes place in two universes so mm. is it really the multiverse of madness or is it universes of madness you know it's it's <laughs> It's kind of like a weird, like, I don't think we got enough. We only see Gore kill one god on screen, you know, and in Love and Thunder. But yet, like, he's Gore the god butcher. He should kill multiple gods. It's kind of like we should get more and more, I feel like, in some instances. Yeah, I definitely think they could have tweaked some things and, and made things a little better. But I still don't think that we've gotten too much. You know, I'm loving it, you know, because that's... Mm. More stuff for us to talk about, more stuff to theorize on, that kind of stuff, and more stuff to enjoy. So, mm -hmm. but there is a fine line. Um, we would do I have a question here though, which we haven't touched this, but since we're talking about Kang, um, hello, not sure uh, if this has been explained yet. I just joined the discussion a minute ago. What do you guys think is going to happen when the end credit scene in which Loki is in the past and one of the Kang variants um, is on it? Do you guys think this would play on Loki season two? Which, yeah, mm -hmm. so the variant was with your Timely, and, you know, it seems like he's kind of the one that's going to be going through and setting things up. He'll probably be the, the one to start off doing the whole technology and, you know, collecting things throughout his time. And maybe even the reason why the the TVA could be even started. Mm -hmm. um, there's been talk that that scene may not even be part of Loki Season 2. Um, that that scene might be part of the next, you know, movie like in King Dynasty. So... Interesting to see where that lines up um, because of, of where they talked about that scene actually happening. I actually think I actually think it would be really, really interesting if they chose to do Victor Timely is eventually the person who becomes he who remains and is sitting at the Citadel at the end of time in the void or whatever. And uh, I think it would be like an awesome little kind of like bow if they did that where it's like, you know, Victor Timely just it's like, it's just another persona of Kang, you know, yep. it's just somebody else. And, uh, you know, like he talks about, he's been doing this for a long time, you know, maybe that was his jumping off point to where he got outside of the multiverse was as Victor Timely in the past, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that could be, uh, that could be a good, good option there, Alex. So um, another one real quick too, before we move on, uh, the other problem I've run into, um, that a lot of people I've talked to said is a huge one. That being uh, for every bit of toxic masculinity, they get rid of, uh, they seem to replace it with toxic femininity. In the end, I use air quotes because uh, nodes, people have the same definition of it. Um, so, and I think we'll probably address some of that when we get to our episode coming up when we talk about uh, 
the the tone and, and shift and, and things in the MCU. And we have some previous guests back on to kind of address that. So we'll probably save that one for for that one. So Dorothy Corn, come back when we have that discussion, and we'll definitely we'll address that then. Yeah, sure. Because that's I think that's a, that's a really big conversation and a conversation that we want to have a very specific um, episode for. So um, yeah, I don't think that could be solved in not solved. I don't think it'd be discussed in a couple of minutes. So uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that one. Come back to that one. He, so. he fought. Yeah, he followed up real quick. I love comic books, and that's what I. That's, that's why I say this. I don't want toxicity to kill it no. on either end. We all agree with that too, as well. Yeah. So totally, totally, hundred um, percent agree. Back, back to back to Children's Crusade. Um, <laughs> the point of us being here today. Um, so, uh, doom and Doom and Wonder. That that relationship there. Do we think that that could be a relationship that we see in the MCU, but a, 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 a relationship that could could genuinely happen? I want to see it. Like I said, I, I want to yeah. see him saving her and riding up on the bear and, and that kind of stuff. And that would be a perfect jumping off point from uh, Multiverse of Madness to go with this. And then especially with the events of Wanda, where it seems like we're going to get Billy back um, in that in that one and possibly Tommy as well um, to where, you know, they're actually in this universe and not magic um but with her going through the whole thing with the dark hole the multiverse of madness and um all that stuff and then destroying the um, destroying that um then maybe she does have amnesia she doesn't remember them and instead of her being the cause of no more mutants like she is in this and you know lead into this story that she's the you know her, her guilt and her all that kind of stuff and amnesia is from what happened in multiverse of madness and killing all the sorcerers that we saw um with uh with Doctor Strange and Wong and them, but also to, you know, tra traumatizing and causing the problem with another universe. I think they could play that into the story instead of the mutants angle of it. I'm, I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here. I don't think that they're going to do the doom thing with Wanda, to be honest. I think that they're going to probably hold on to vision with Wanda. You're going to have vision go off, find himself, show back up and find Wanda with amnesia. And it's going to be the reverse situation where mm -hmm. he didn't know who he was. Now he's found himself, but now she doesn't know who she is and he needs to help her find herself. And you're going to see them kind of build on that. I think a lot of people have that attachment between Wanda and Vision in the MCU now. Yeah. And I, I think that that attachment's been built over so many movies all the way back to Age of Ultron. And it's been such a large part that fans aren't going to just like be like, oh, like, you know, Doom and Wanda. Like, I love it. Like, we love Doom, but I just don't think that it would be as well received as Vision and Wanda because it's like, I mean, we just had WandaVision and that whole show was about those two and Wanda, you know, trying to create a world for them, you know, but, so. But look at the, the theme of Multiverse of Madness, though. She really didn't care about Vision at all in that film. It was always about the kids, not Vision at all. So mm -hmm. it, it seems like she's moved on from Vision and but, they they could play it like the same way they do the comics where it's vision and now cassie kind of somehow you know casting that finding vision and we get some of that play and it's cassie and vision so he's kind of moved on um yeah but, yeah but I, I i could see it but it wouldn't be as exciting as doom and wanda but all of wanda's previous traumas always lead her to get more powerful in the mcu i mean when she loses her brother she has a little power freak out and you know has like an outburst of power you know like when she loses vision and she kills vision she's extremely upset but she does that at first the first time before thanos reverses it you know like she like has westview happen you know she, that's a result of a freak out you know every time she like 
has a little bit of like a freak out. She loses her power. Every trauma kind of leads to the next trauma. She created her kids out of the trauma of losing vision, trying mm -hmm. to create a life with vision, you know? So it's kind of like everything that she does always kind of snowballs and gets bigger and gets worse trying yeah. to make it better. Yeah, but, but I, I, go ahead, Andy. Uh, no, I, I was going to say, I, I, I think I do agree with you, Alex. I, I, I don't know whether they will go down a doom route with Wanda. However, I would like them to. Um, mm -hmm. But I and I think maybe if they did, they might. Use, I think I've said this before that Wanda could be the uh, Molecule Man surrogate mm -hmm. in she, the Secret, yeah, Secret Wars. Definitely. So Doom she, could be using an, an amnesiac Wanda to to control the multiverse, um, and maybe he, he's kind of promised her his, her children back because in the in, in the Children's Crusade she goes to him after she loses her children in the first instance before house of M to help to get him this that's revealed yep. isn't it at the end of this story it's revealed that he went that she went to him to, to ask him to help her get her children back um mm -hmm. to use his magic so but, you know it'd be a nice way to sort of tie all that together but the thing is though they need to start putting i think they need to start putting wanda on the redeeming path and it looks like by the end of Children's Crusade, she's on that redeeming path. She is. Um, and I think the end of the MCU, because everything we've seen other than Ultron, because even her being into the MCU, she was on the, on the villain path, right? Mm -hmm. She had that moment in Ultron, you know, where she turned sides with Hawkeye talking to them and, and helping them out in that battle and so forth. But then the next time we see Wanda in a movie, it's in Civil War. And guess what? She's back on sort of the the wrong side of the. I guess you could. Well, depending on what view you're on, but she's seen as a bad person in that. Then we get into the whole thing with Infinity War. She's kind of back on the good side, helping because she kind of has to. But they they've kind of gone off the grid because they want to live their own life. They don't want to be in that side of things, you know. Then you know we we kind of see her on the battlefield, almost take out Thanos. You know, but then after that, we see her back on the bad side of things as well. So it seems like so far in the MCU, they've kind of had that that yo-yo with her, but mainly on the bad side. I think they kind of need to start putting her more on the redeeming side, uh, especially yeah. after the events of Multiverse of Madness. Well, I mean, her and Vision were on the run in yep. Infinity War because they didn't want to, you know, do what the Avengers wanted them to do and everything. And, you know, they were on the run. I mean, the thing is, is like Tony once called her like a weapon of mass destruction and said that they don't yep. give visas to weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> and, you know, Captain America responded and was like, she's just a kid. But the thing is, is like, you know, look at Westview, you know, like she ends that. What does she do? She doesn't like, you know suddenly rethink her actions she doubles down and then you know uses the dark hold to then try and get what she created for herself that was like never real actually but then tries to get it again anyways you know it's do you really think like, as you said alex yeah like you said every time every time there's a trauma do you reckon she might be the cause of an incursion i do think she would her, be her getting, her getting her kids definitely uh, bringing them and in from somewhere else well, I mean, like she can, she can basically change the six one six universe. So, like, she can, in essence, make the six one six basically badly like clash with another universe. In essence, mm -hmm. I think then you know potentially. If uh, they don't introduce Doom, could you see Kang being that person and King trying to manipulate her, knowing that she's probably the biggest threat to King? Yeah, I'm not sure how the Kang thing's going to fit in with her. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, I think with the the TVA having the no magic being able to work in there, I think that's really interesting. You know, mm -hmm. does chaos magic, like, is that kind of the one thing that's like negates that? Like, can he not control that? It seems like chaos magic is the one type of magic that goes against the fold for all the other stuff, you know? Um, you don't really need like a coven. You don't need like any formal practice or anything like that to actually do it. Um, you don't need to know spells. It's just like a natural kind of type thing. So who knows? Maybe it's like a different ability. Maybe it's something Kang can't stop, you know? Uh, a couple of things here from the chat from Darth Corn again. Uh, why not a soul split with Wanda? Um, it could, it would give uh, good room to write stories around while also placing inner conflict she has to handle um, and to finish that up. And conflict can equal better personal growth and actual healing uh can mm. sometimes so uh, that's actually good input there yeah that that last little comment there you know about the um conflict can equal better personal growth it's like wars isn't it like wars out of out of war comes a lot of um advancement in the end and it's the same you know with 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 conflict and with um you know personal battles often you grow you grow more out of those than you do out of things being easy so yeah i get your point there um but yeah, I, I, the, the uh, a soul split thing, as in, what, what do you what do you think? Um, two wanders maybe, or, or yeah, yeah. Explain what you mean by that a little bit better, uh, Darth Goricon. I'm I'm also wondering if that's like a shards of Mephisto reference with the kids okay. or yeah. something, you know? Uh, like maybe okay. that's what he's talking about. I'm not sure. Potentially, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. If you're uh, if you're still there, drop us a drop us a an elaboration on the soul split. Oh, here we um, go. He's here. Uh, looks like um, the soul splits in town and the other side of the soul take over a host. Oh, the soul, the soul splits in two. Oh, two. Yeah, sorry. Two. Yeah, he followed. Oh, gotcha. Oh, so a little bit like what she actually did that in uh, Multiverse of Madness, didn't she? Is that what he means? Or was that the dream dream casting? Was that called dream? The, the dream walking. Dream walking. Yeah. Dream walking. Yeah. No, that's not what he means then, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess so. So the whole splits in two and the other side of the soul takes over a host. A host of who? Who could she take over? Well, maybe she took over another her another Wanda like she did with the dream walk or yeah. dreamwalking. So or yeah. What if something else takes over her, like Chathon? Yeah. Like, like he's like a split host with Wanda now. And that's something that I would love to see, which is like Wanda, like Wanda's still herself, but she slowly starts acting a little bit not like herself, and we see that, and then like you realize that she's not Wanda one day, and she's like, I'm actually Chathon. I've oh, nope, you're, break you're breaking up there a little bit. Alex. Where's that? Claws into her just to work control. You're back. You was going and you you was going yeah. and now you're back again, yeah. Alex. <laughs> we kind of got you. We kind of got most <laughs> of you. We got the gist yeah, of it. Okay. We got to guess that. He follows yeah. up by saying, uh, anyone, and that could be the danger that split the soul holds. Because in I like Alex's point too about maybe it's Chathon, because we never really got a full answer in WandaVision of with Agatha and everything what she was doing and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully there'll be some more breadcrumbs to that as Covenant Chaos goes out, because there's gotta be some more ties, whether it's Chathon, Lilith, Mephisto, you know, whoever. There's gotta be something more there than what we saw in WandaVision. Yeah, and I they could a lot of that in Agatha. They could they could swerve Chathon and merge Mephisto and Chathon and make them kind of like one being in the MCU and just make chaos magic come from Mephisto. Mm. And I think that would kind of tie Mephisto to a lot more here. And you know, that's good. 
that's easy, isn't it? As well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's more fluid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and with the shards of Mephisto story that you know we have, where the children are shards of Mephisto, yeah. I think it fits really well too. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, that mm-hmm. does. That does fit nicely, actually. And if it was all in the, if that was explained a little bit in Agatha as well, mm-hmm. that would roll in even easier, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. So, so uh, back on the the Children's Crusade here, there's something I noticed that I haven't noticed before, and I read this this story a couple times. So, if you haven't read it, there are actually nine issues of the Children's Crusade, but it's actually a ten story one. So you go uh, one through four, and then you go to the fifth one, which is actually a Young Avenger story where they kind of bring Iron Lad in, and then it goes the five through, uh, basically, well, it's one through four, it's the Young Avengers uh, issue with Iron Lad, and then it goes through, you know, the the five through nine, so it's actually a ten-issue run, uh, if you're reading it. So if you have Marvel Unlimited, it's there. But one thing I didn't really catch before is that there's a nice little um, Inhumans Easter egg in this story. Um, so you see them talk about they were trying to use the Terrigen crystals mm. to get X Men's powers back, yeah, where yeah, right, it, it didn't. Yeah. yeah, it didn't work on some, and it made some explode. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a nice little nugget in there. They don't really go too much into it, but I was like, oh, I didn't even thought about that before, and it didn't even see that connection when I read that before. So, yeah, that's when they're trying to find mutants to um for Wanda to sort of practice getting their powers back on. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the landscape is a really interesting thing in this story because you notice that, like the X-Men, the Avengers, the Young Avengers, everybody's like against everyone. And these yeah. are all heroes that are all like kind of like, we don't agree with what you're doing right now. Stop. And like for mutants and the X-Men, it's like we want to try and figure out what's wrong with the mutants and fix it ourselves. We don't need other people coming in telling us like how to fix it because we don't know if you have the best intentions to do for yeah. us. You know what? We and it's fun. It's funny, Scott X Factor. Was... Oh, go ahead. No, go for it. Nope. No, you... I insist. I insist. All right, Joe. all right. And also, it's X, the X Factor who are in here as well. They're like, yeah, come on, test us out. We'll be guinea pigs. We want our powers back. Yeah. yeah. I know you're going to say two out of the same thing, Annie, but go ahead and you're going to go on I, Scott Summers. I was going to say, Scott Summers is a dick in this. As, as usual. Well. Yes. I cannot as stand usual. Scott Summers. <laughs> but, but, you know, is, is that not that? That's, that's, perfect though isn't it that's exactly what you want i mean the fact that, that it elicits that kind of feeling like that's brilliant what a, what a well-written character you know that's great it's always great isn't it when you, you get a person in a movie an actor in a movie oh i hate that person brilliant well done like the the, the writer's probably sitting there like patting himself on the back saying good i'm glad mm-hmm. you hated this person that was the idea but yeah mm-hmm. scott is such a dick in this it's unbelievable like every every now and again you he says something and you're like oh no he's all right he's all right and then he does something and you go no, he's not. <laughs> I, I like how he gets called out, though. He's like, everyone's done something bad, including you guys. We've been taken over. We have these problems. You guys just forgive that, blah, blah, blah. But her, why not? But not her. And he, he kind of kind of stands down, mm. you know, and then things get resolved. Like, yeah. 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 Wiccan does that. I was like, I was, I was so happy that he got called out. And he's like, this is not right. You do this across the board. You know, you've all done this. We've all done this. And you know that he, I'm surprised they didn't bring up Dark Phoenix in here at all, you know, with Scott and Gene, that kind of stuff. I'm surprised they didn't actually say that when he was going off on him about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's great. That little moment there. Wiccan has his little speech moment, doesn't he? Where he, he like you said, he calls everybody out and he says that they've given every, all these different people second chances and, you know, Emma Frost and, um, you know, the fact that this uh, Mag- Magneto is now an X-Man and all yep. this. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. I love that little moment. It's sort of a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of growth there from Wiccan, a little bit of maturity from him. 
You know, so to be honest, that's probably the first time he's actually shown maturity in that whole story, which is which is the point. You know, he's only a teenager. He's only a child. Children's Crusade. Um, but he, he actually grows up a little bit in that moment. And he's it's quite logical where mm -hmm. I think the rest of the time he's been very emotional, which makes sense. Again, like I said, he's a child. But um, yeah, very, very logical in that moment. Uh, some more from the chat here. Her split soul could be enemy right next to you. So back to what he was saying earlier, uh, yep. Darth Gorkhorn. Um, he also goes on to say, um, the writers say that about input, but I'm to the point I don't trust half the writers and their goals and goals at this point after so many bad comics I've read. Um, sometimes fan input is more valuable than they want to realize. So that, that's fair too, you know, mm -hmm. so. I think I think there's a lot of listening to fans these days though, mm -hmm. aren't they? I think that's where a lot of these, um, you know, they'll stick a trailer out or they'll stick a poster out or a rumor or they'll yep. a, a, a quote unquote leak. And then, uh, you know, they're all over the place. They've got spies everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Sonic. They completely changed the CGI mm. of that movie fans. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, they complained so much that they were just like, all right, we'll change it. We're, we listen to you. You know, like, you're right. I mean, like, Snyder Cut. Like, yeah, that, that was all fan stuff. So, yeah, mm -hmm. at times they do it and we'll see. They're not going to bring back the Snyder verse. You're not going to get the other cuts of Suicide Squad, but sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, you know, you have to take it as it is. Yeah. Um, did you also notice too that by the end of this, the young Avengers all kind of split up? Yeah. Uh, whether it's yep, because it's it's guilt or it's you know they're just done. You know they didn't do the right things, that kind of stuff. They're all judging themselves, and it was funny too is that you know I kept, was it the Avengers or the X? I think it was the Avengers that said this. I think Captain America said this, or maybe Doom said this. You all did the right thing and were you know thinking about doing the right things for everybody else instead of doing the wrong things, which some of the other teams did. And I can't remember who said it, it was a line in there about that. Yeah, it was Cap. But, okay, it was Cap. But then you notice in the end, the Avengers came back and needed them and actually made them Avengers by the end of the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that 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 was also typical though of their of their age. I think at the end of the story, they all just give up. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you know, don't get me wrong. I know that teams disband when they're not young, but you know, it's like oh, we're they were very forlorn, weren't they? And kind of. Uh, we're all rubbish. <laughs> Let's well, give up. It's not well. Yeah. It's not just. It's not just giving up and that kind of stuff. It's just that did they do the right things or are they on the right side of what they were trying to do? Look at the end of Civil War, for example. The message between yeah. uh, Cap and Tony, and then you know Cap is not there the whole time uh, during Infinity War when that kind of happens. Uh, when he lost the kid and that kind of stuff. Well, Tony doesn't know that because Tony's off world and he's like, you said you would be there, you wouldn't. So even adults can adults doubt do themselves. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and and do those kind of things. I, I think that this young Avengers team, though, already had some kind of doubts about itself. I mean, you have Eli Bradley at one point. He's talking to, I think it's Kate Bishop, and he's yeah. like talking about how he should be the leader because how he doesn't agree with kind of what's going on here. Had he would have been in charge, they wouldn't be on this weird path that they seem to be diverted on now. And I mean, he so much as even kind of goes against the fray to like, you know, throw something at Wanda when she's like doing the spell to try and stop it he i think he grabs one of kate's arrows and throws yep. it at her Exploding and, arrow. yep and uh you know that's what causes doom to get the powers ultimately is because of what he does because it kind of disrupts the spell a little bit and um yeah i mean like you kind of have it's like everybody's kind of a team but they're kind of they're not working as well as the avengers do i think yeah no yeah. And, and and they're not gonna because again they're kids young but they're learning yeah. You know they're learning uh there's that there's that great little uh in the middle though where it jumps forward in time um mm -hmm. 
and it shows you uh, them as 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 older Avengers, as the Avengers, and uh, that you know they, it, it's amazing what the writing can do because they just instantly feel like they're more, you know, mature and more switched on just in yeah. in a few panels. But um, yeah. and and Wiccan looks he's the he's the Sorcerer Supreme, isn't he? He's dressed like Dot Strange. Yep. Mm-hmm. but um yeah do you know what though um overall um i really enjoyed the story i think it's good i think it's a really great story and like i said I, like i said at the beginning i like how it brings together a lot of elements from a lot of big storylines over the last sort of well i say over the last it was 2015 no 2012 wasn't it this 2010 mm-hmm. 2012 something like that I'm sure mm-hmm. it was but um it brought over brought some big storylines together like we said house of m avengers disassembled um the young avengers stuff uh you know some some more doom stuff secret wars that played on that a little bit as well so yeah i thought it was um i thought it's a, a really great um really great uh a story this one i really liked it yeah mm-hmm. and then you also know one thing picking up for supreme where billy didn't really lose his powers um, yeah. he he was made to think by doing what he did. He's like, I couldn't do it. The Sorcerer Supreme couldn't do it. No one can make you lose your powers. You know, I just made you think they were gone, so you stopped using them. Yeah, yeah and, and Doom just literally is just like, you don't have your powers anymore. Yeah. He's like, oh, great, I guess I don't have them anymore. It's like, that's, that's how Doom is, I guess, you know? Like, Doom's just that type of person, but... But that that's, again, that that's that's almost like kids, isn't it? Like, he is, he, he's tricked the kid. That's like, te- you can tell a kid, you can tell, I could tell one of my sons something, you know, no, sorry, we've, we've not got any money for takeout pizza this week. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like in that moment too, Doom already knows he's probably already so overwhelmed by all the stuff going on with Wanda and Wanda being like his mm. actual real mother and he stuff like that. Anything. Yeah. That like, it's kind of like anything is just going to overload him anyways. Yeah. So, you know, just like him, just telling him that it's just adding fuel to the fire essence you know totally what doom does so that's exactly easy that's that's the saying that's what Mm. that's just what doom does (laughs) so when do you think we'll see iron lad in the mcu because i I don't think we saw him in the post-credit scene of of quantum mania the the big three we saw was amortis aromatet and scarlet centurion Mm -hmm. so and we've seen victor timely um we've seen mr griffon we've seen a lot of variants in there We've seen the Conqueror variant. I just wonder if they're ever going to show us Iron Lad in the MCU. Yeah. Um, that's hard. Um, honestly, I feel like if we do see an Iron Lad, it has to be like a younger version of Kang. Like it can't be like Jonathan Richards. It almost has to be like, and I want them to do it in like a way to where like suddenly we as fans are like, oh, this has to be like a young Kang because like, it's just setting it up to where like, he's like, Hey, my, my name is Nathaniel Richards. Like I want to be a part of the young Avengers or something, you know? And us as fans are like, oh yes, like we know exactly where this is going. And then it turns out that, yeah, maybe he's just like a, a 16 year old Kang from the future that just ended up displaced from an incursion or something and wants to be a young Avenger or something. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think we'll I think we'll get a Young Avengers um, series. I hope we do. I think we'll get a series. I really do. Yeah, between yep. um, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. But then who knows? There's so much shifting going on at the minute. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on. I dare say there'll be something in the news about some of the shifting around that's happening on uh, at Marvel. So yeah, we'll see. If they did like a Secret Wars event and they created something like we'll say like a battle world and we had like a phase 
in just like this new world that was created before everything was reset and we had teams doing stuff and everything like that and it was just like this massive just phase like we'll say phase six was like that i think it would be like the most interesting thing in the world because then you could like create like all these new stories for just one phase and then mm. just cut them right at the end and be like all right none of that exists now or matters <laughs> and, that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of what they did anyway wasn't it they kind of just went we're just gonna throw everything in there and then at the end we go this is now what it is <laughs> mm -hmm. do you think they could do something like that without introducing mutants or are mutants important for them to do that i f i feel like mutants are gonna be something i i just feel like if we see really mutants at all through the rest of the stuff with Kang, it's going to be just like a very light, like tip of the spear kind of type thing. We're probably not going to really get like, we'll get like Wolverine and stuff probably as like Hugh Jackman and stuff like, but I don't think we're going to see like the full force X-Men and stuff mm -hmm. until after like they're done with Kang, which is, I'm, I'm guessing probably phase six, you know, is when they'll probably go into I think, it i think we might get i think we might get a little teaser of it but we won't see like you said we won't see it like we might even get a little teaser of mutants that exist in another in another universe but not not we won't get a movie or a show or anything like that until after secret wars i don't think Okay. It, it's a it's a weird swerve for them to be like hey like we know y'all want mutants in the mcu but we're bringing back the x-men 97 cartoon you yeah. know, to me, like, I feel like that's kind of them being like, you're going to get your X-Men at some point. But in the meantime, here's something that you all love. It's like a pacifier. Yeah. 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 Exactly, yeah. Yep. Uh, from the chat here, I want to see a good time shift event. Like if the Earth went through a wormhole and rewinded time, however long it would take to reset things would be a good idea. That's actually really good. Interesting. That, yeah. That's basically what Secret Wars is going to be, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it looks like uh, add in one, a few people with the fragmented memories of the prior time and Again. things could work in entirely different directions. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and a little bit house, that's a little bit house of M, mm -hmm. you know, um, where, uh, you know, there was a couple of people that remembered what life was like, you know, when she, uh, before she created this new world, wasn't it? I think um, Wolverine was one, right? Yeah. yeah, he was. Yep. Yep. And there was like a girl somewhere wasn't there and was jessica drew one or jessica jones one maybe i can't remember i'm not sure um but yeah there was only a couple of people but yeah that's that's another good idea but again the same as secret wars yep. if mm -hmm. secret wars comic there was there was the people that were on the two rafts so there was the maker and he's lot um fanos and he's lot and then mm -hmm. mr fantastic and he's lot and there was the, the three those three factions weren't they who remembered that this wasn't right mm -hmm. so yeah that is that is you've you've said you've told us secret was there Darth Gorakon. Well so since you mentioned the news do you want to transition into the news before we get into the Mandalorian <laughs> yeah let's do that yeah okay uh let's start off Disney plus shows um a lot have been switched to coming soon so if you actually go on the Disney plus app or on the website you see that all the ones that had dates or whenever uh they're all been switched to coming soon um secret invasion is in June though uh and Loki would potentially be in later and I'll get a secret invasion in a little bit for news hmm so, um, reportedly five Disney Plus series that are originally scheduled for 2023 have now been narrowed to three or four. This doesn't include animated projects. So, well, something to keep an eye on. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think, do you know what? I think this, um, this streamlining and this thinning out, and again, I don't, like I say, I like the fact that there's loads of stuff, but 
maybe maybe it is causing people to be like, oh, another thing. It's just like, oh, another thing and another thing. Like I say, I like it. We like it. It's great. But are, are, are other people getting a bit? It's not special. Overwhelmed. Yeah, if it's all the time, it's not special anymore, is it? So there's a there's long story short, there's a show that's uh, going to be on TV here next next week or next month, and they only usually do it once a year, and it's going to be on next month. And and we was like, oh, is that going to ruin it? The fact that it's on twice a year now, you know, it, does it, it is once a year? Is the Eurovision thing? The no, 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 competition. That, no. Okay, no, it's not that. But um, but yeah. So the point is, is that when something's on too much, is it too, is, you know too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing, sort of thing, you know? Hmm. I almost feel like with Marvel kind of spreading out the content a little bit, I feel like this is their way of kind of, I guess, helping themselves in a way because they're kind of like, you know, we, we give you so much content that if we kind of like tighten it up a little bit, maybe it'll be more well-received because people will be happier to receive other than just like getting so much of it, like all the time. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like I felt like, what was it? last year the year before we were getting something like all the time like every week we had like almost new marvel content like yeah yeah i think there was i think we, didn't we work it out there was like 12 weeks out, out of the, the whole entire, year yeah out of the whole year where there wasn't something new and that wasn't like in a straight line that was like 12 no. random weeks yeah. throughout the year you know like yeah. so yeah i think that yeah. the biggest chunk was like a six week chunk mm -hmm. where there was no new content and that was it and other than that there was just like like you said there was like a week or two here or there mm -hmm. uh from the chat the overload of data and the overload on wallets hurts after a <laughs> while is the best way to put it. that's good and i agree but i don't want them to you know to over pivot to making it so scarce that people you know that there's it. so much yeah in between and, and people aren't interested they need to find a proper balance yeah agreed so um, Victoria Alonso, so there's more information on her departure. Um, reportedly she was fired, uh, not, uh, by Marvel Studios, uh, Disney fired her, not Marvel Studios. Kevin Feige was not involved in the decision, but also didn't intervene. Um, her termination was decided by human resources. Um, <laughs> Disney's legal department and multiple executives, including Disney Entertainment co-chairman Alan Bergman. Um, a source said Kevin Feige felt stuck in an impossible situation and didn't intervene. Uh, then more came out on this saying, working on Argentina 1985, seems she has breached her contract even after she was warned about her involvement, which ended up leading to her contract termination. The breach is part of her 2018 contract that wouldn't allow employees to work for competing studios. So Amazon it was involved in the Argentina one. Um other thing has come out from her attorney saying that she classed with Marvel over blurring gay pride references in Ant-Man 3 for Kuwait. Uh, from her attorney, Victoria, a gay Latina who had the courage to criticize Disney, was silenced. Then she was terminated when she refused to do something she believed was reprehensible. Um, now she is suing Disney. So, hmm. right, yeah. Anything could have happened there, couldn't it? Yep. So anything but, could have happened. Yeah. So one thing to keep an eye on because she was an executive producer for the longest time, since since the beginning, and then she switched over to to running the VFX side of thing, which at first came out it was things to do with the VFX stuff, but that seemed to be false. So something to get it keep an eye on. Um, also, Marvel Chairman Ike uh, Perlmuter has been relieved of his duties at Disney. Uh, Disney has now folded Marvel Entertainment into the larger studio. Marvel Entertainment's president uh, Dan Buckley will remain employed at Disney. And continue to work with Kevin Feige. So I don't know what this is going to do. 
This could also be part of how they're swifting or switching the schedules and that kind of stuff as well. But Marvel Studios was kind of its own entity, you know, it kind of ran that way and reported into Disney. Now it's it's a part of the whole Disney studio. So this could be a good thing. This could be a bad thing. Something to keep an eye on. You know, maybe Kevin Feige does get more more power because obviously he's the main person there. Um, but something definitely to keep an eye on as this progresses. Lots of shifting going on. Mm-hmm. Lots of shifting going on. You can sense it, can't you? The fact yep. that it's been quiet for a long time. You know, I know we've got, you're going to come to Secret Invasion in a moment, uh, which is great. But uh, it's been very strange, hasn't it? When you think we had that kind of overload of information, like we was just saying, Alex, last year, it was just like everything, every corner you turn, there was a new show or a new movie or a new bit of news or a new rumor. And now it's just gone quite, really quiet, hasn't it? And I think they're kind of taking stock and just kind of going, look, where are we going to go with for the next 10 years? Well, and and I feel like with um, like Reddit and things like this, we've seen a lot of leaks of stuff. We've seen a lot of projects like, you know, basically be talked about like the entire script almost before like it's actually even like weeks before it's even seen in a a movie theater. And we just saw Marvel kind of like freak out about this because like potentially I think they feel that maybe that somehow jeopardized like the box office for Ant-Man and you know like that kind of was like the foundation for where they were going with this phase um it's going to kind of lay the groundwork so I think Marvel's kind of just a little bit kind of uneasy and they're going to probably change some things and shift some things up Mm. and probably I don't know they'll probably tighten things up you'll probably notice that like things will start to vary just kind of like drip fed to us almost yep. you know and it'll be one of those things where like we used to hear about stuff and hear rumors about stuff like really really like often and i think it's gonna probably stop here you know pretty, pretty i soon. think that'd be a good thing though yeah maybe i think that'd be a good thing um from the chat here at this point we don't even know who is telling the truth sally because people try to save face on some levels to not get canceled these mm-hmm. days so air quotes um Vision Quest. So there hasn't really been a lot of confirmation around this, but apparently it adds writers. So Megan McDonald and Peter Cameron are part of Vision Quest writers' room. Hmm. So okay, interesting. X Men ninety seven uh, showrunner Bo DeMaio. We're going to be picking up about several months after Professor Professor X left Earth after being shot by Henry Guyrich and had to return to Shirar Homelord to be with Lalandra. And what ends up happening is that assassination attempt has led to this wave of increased sympathy towards mutants and understanding. So <laughs> they're just everyone's just going to have to go back and watch all the old X Men cartoons yeah. to catch up on this. So I was like twelve the last time I watched those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've watched a little bit of them, and I'll probably have to rewatch them again with my son just to get him. Yeah. So, so just so he's up to speed when the new cartoon comes out. Hmm. Um, Marvel Studios set up new production companies in the UK. Uh, Royal Productions UK Limited and For All Time Productions UK Limited, categorized as motion picture production activities through their SIC code. Um, these companies are for movies and are probably spend a significant amount of time filming in the UK. Neither currently have a US counterpart. And that one all for time production is interesting. Mm, all for, for all time. Yeah, that's for all time, yeah. The, that's what they said in the TVA, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But time. Royale production is interesting too as well. I wonder what that one will be. Royal something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah, something, something with... Um... No, Royale for productions. Oh, well, oh right, okay. So there's, yeah. an e on the, there's an E on the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
rumor um lucas film will no longer be working on uh an indiana jones series as disney wants them to focus on star wars wait so like the movie no the series there's most there's, oh. there's an upcoming indiana jones series for disney but okay. that's no longer going on because they want them to focus on star wars which makes sense with everything going on with star wars stories right now mm -hmm. i feel like you know just before we came on air we we was talking about matrix weren't we alex and mm -hmm. we were saying about that fourth movie being totally unnecessary. Like, I just feel like the the three Indiana Jones movies that were made, um, you know, back in the eighties and early nineties, um, that was perfect. And we were saying the same about the Matrix, weren't we? Those three movies that were made, you know, I know a lot of people didn't particularly like some of the sequels or parts of the sequels, but those that trilogy was perfect. They didn't need to make any more. Yeah. And I don't feel like they needed to make any more Indiana Jones either after they those three. They didn't, and I did not like the Crystal Skull movie when they made that movie. To be honest, um, mm -mm. you know, like I kind of, I kind of thought that movie was really unneeded. Like I get what they were trying to do. Like I watch it, and I'm like, eh, but it just doesn't have the same kind of gravitas as the mm. older yeah. Indiana Jones movies. You know, the 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 best part of the Crystal Skull was basically tying back into Miriam and Rares the Lost Ark and kind of closing that loop. And it sounds like this new one will also tie back into things from rears of the lost ark as well so it's it's just a weird kind of dichotomy when you have one movie about him like going to find the holy grail and like drinking from it gives you like immortality and then like on the other end it's like about an alien skull you know that and aliens yeah. and stuff it's just a weird kind of indiana jones like thing for me it's like if 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 there was a back to the future four you know i've that's making me feel ill just thinking about back to the future four like why <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't need to do it so why why bother making more sequels of these movies that have got a really good trilogy already you don't need to mm -hmm. here's a good question from the chat how many mass extermination attempts have been attempted there is a reason i am team magneto in the big picture legitimately asking it's hard to keep up at this point <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah. yeah there's been a lot <laughs> yeah there has been a lot oh, too many to count yeah um, Disney has been refocusing its efforts, uh, while they aren't scrapping Disney plus projects, they are definitely trying to ensure that they are pushing out projects that'll ensure they can make a direct return on investment. Huh. So, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three, um, the tickets will be on sale tomorrow. All right. Um, according to an official listing on a ticket seller, Adam tickets, Guardians of the Galaxy three will be. Will have a runtime of two hours and twenty nine minutes, making it the longest film of the Guardians franchise. Uh, James Gunn confirmed some things here as well on Twitter, saying it's around that long. Although that's not exact yet, exact. And I promise, not a second is wasted. There's no fat. It was necessarily necessary to expire the full. Ex or, I'm sorry, experience the full arc for every major Guardians character, not only for this film but for the trilogy. Or I should say Trilogy Plus. <coughs> I mean. um, so yeah, tickets go on sale tomorrow. Um, April 28th, Marvel Legends Season 2 of Episodes 4 through 9 released ahead of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So you're going to get five episodes there. Wait, Episodes 4 through 9? Yep. So four, four five, five, six, six seven, seven, eight. eight oh, nine. six episodes. Six episodes. Yeah, sorry. Six episodes. Wow. Yeah, so you're gonna get one for gotta be one for Quill, mm -hmm. Rocket, Groot. Well, they've, they've already got Drax and Mantis out there from before. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So does Gamora get one? <clears throat> yeah, maybe Gamora, maybe Ravengers one. Nebula. You know, Nebula. Yeah, well, I'm thinking so, so, so if there's six, it's got to be Star Lord. Yep. Mm-hmm. It'll be Rocket. It's got to mm-hmm. be Groot. Mm-hmm. Gamora, mm-hmm. Nebula, and then one more. Ravagers or Cosmo? The Ravagers. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think you won't get one for Cosmo. I've only seen it for about five minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, unless they do Drax again. But you say Drax is, I didn't even notice Drax's one. Yeah, Drax and Mantis are already out there. Oh, okay. Like I feel out. like I feel like they'll probably do Cosmos. Like if they do kill off Rocket, Cosmos yeah. gonna probably be Transition. his replacement, and yep. then then they'll do Cosmos like at some point, you know? Yeah, yeah, that surely come later though, because I mean we've only seen Cosmo for about if you take out the holiday special, we've only seen Cosmo for about two seconds. Yeah, yeah. So there's totally. not there's nothing to put in a Legends episode, mm-hmm. unless they're doing some other stuff to explain. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what are, 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 aren't they aren't they planning on doing like another special for Guardians or something at some point? I I could be wrong about that, but I swear I thought I read that somewhere like another kind of special they, next year or something. Maybe it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. What if season two Lawrence Fishburne Fishburne says he's back as Bill Foster, Giant Man, in What If season two while okay. on the press circuit for John Wick four. So hmm. it's good to see him back. I'm I'm kind of sad there was no tie in to him or Ava and even. They totally lost uh, Janet's powers um, mm-hmm. in Quantum Mania. So yeah, that was so strange that they like made that a part of the second movie and then never even touched on it in the third movie. And we literally see people in the quantum realm who have abilities, but yet she doesn't use hers. And yeah, so weird. Yeah, yeah, that was the weirdest one. They definitely could save you know Ava and Bill Foster for Thunderbolts, you know, but Janet not having her powers after they made it a point in that movie was the was the big miss mm-hmm. um loki owen wilson in an interview says end of summer slash september hmm. so definitely after secret invasion speaking of secret invasion june 21st there's the poster released today where they confirm the release date it's in disney or disney plus as well um samuel jackson on why nick fury has been absent from earth even nick fury has been shaken you know He's up there trying to process what the F happened, you know, and what his place in the world is. The death of Iron Man, the death of Black Widow, with that stuff going on, he's kind of just checked out. So mm-hmm. definitely from that funeral moment and in-game, he's been gone. And we know from uh, No Way or Far From Home, you know, they were there as scrolls and, and placing him. He was up in space. And so pretty much after that funeral, he checked out. Mm-hmm. He's up yeah. in space looking for his shoes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for this show. Uh, yeah. I really can't. This is this is this is going to be good. I, I've got a feeling about this one. Um, yeah, I just see the stills that uh, they released from Vanity Fair the other day. Um, looks great. Really does look great. It, it looks like all the things that I like about most things: spy and espionage mm-hmm. stuff. And I. I just love the idea of like the invasion of the body snatchers kind of thing where you just don't know who's going to end up being a scroll or not. Like you, we could follow like a main character and think that they're a good guy this whole time. And then at the very last episode, well, it turns out they're a scroll, you know, like, and you never know it. And yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And and that Vanity Fair article had some nuggets in there. So Olivia Coleman will be playing a shadowy MI6 operative. So I wonder if she'll have any ties to Union Jack at all in this series. Yeah. Um, there's rumors about Ross 
being a scroll, Everett yeah. Ross being a scroll. Um, it did confirm Amelia Clark's character. So if you don't want to be spoiled, put your earmuffs on. Three, two, <laughs> one. Amelia Clark is Talos' daughter. Last time we saw her was in Captain Marvel. It was confirmed in the article about the project. Um, people are sad because she's not going to be Abigail Brand, but that doesn't mean anything because there's a rumor going around saying that Amelia Clark's Gia, scroll and daughter of Talos, human name will be Nell, but she will have superpowered abilities similar to Abigail Brand. It is possible she could take up the name by the end of the show. That's the end of the spoiler. So if you're listening on this on the replay, you can start listening again. The last thing about Secret Invasion is that during one of the MLB baseball games, uh, there will be a new trailer tonight. I was just—I've been sitting here looking. Yeah, we've, we've been banging on that we're going to do a reaction video for ages, and we've never actually done one. And I was sort of thinking, <laughs> oh, I wonder if we could do one live right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Uh, it, it just looks really good. It looks, you know, lots of sort of seedy little bars and you know back alleys, and you know, it, yeah, it, it looks really good. I'm, I, I'm a big Amelia Clark fan as well. I think she's great, yeah. and I, you know, Ben Mendelsohn is great, and Olivia Coleman's great, and. Kobe Schmolders is great and Samuel Jackson being Samuel Jackson. There's that great scene of Samuel Jackson and um, Ben Mendelssohn like just sort of head to head, you know, and they look like they're, they're sort of embracing. Um, you know, that says it all for me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still excited to see what the fallout from this is going to be and who has been long-term scrolls. There was something going around, a rumor about Rhodey, yeah. um, but some of the scoopers are like, we haven't heard anything about Rhodey and this could possibly be something we see in the finale of Rhodey actually being revealed to be a, scr a scroll. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting. Like, you know, scrolls have been here since the 90s in the MCU. So, you know, we could have had somebody since the very beginning who was yep. a scroll, and they could have been this entire time. Yeah. And it could be somebody that could be really close to everybody and the fans. And that would just what be if, like a whoa, you know? Natasha. Yeah. This is the one way they could bring Natasha Black Widow back if she was a scroll this entire time. She was in some kind of like hibernation somewhere. But the scroll person, the person that was a scroll, didn't know it at all. She was so deep cover that didn't know that she was really a scroll. I can see them pulling that kind of that mm -hmm. kind of twist on us. That's that's what I want to see. I want to see that as well. I mm -hmm. want to see that that sort of that person who's been so so deep undercover that they've forgotten that they're a scroll, and that, that then they're told that they're a scroll. And this is where I think uh, Don Cheadle could pull that off. Really, mm -hmm. really well, that mm -hmm. that that turmoil. In yeah. his mind, you know, of, of thinking, no, I am James Rhodes. You know, I know I'm James Rhodes. And it's like, no, actually, you're not. You know, mm -hmm. this is who you were before you you signed up to this program 30 years ago or whatever it was. And, you know, they could they could very well do something with like Natasha, where it goes all the way back to like Budapest, which yep. I thought that they didn't really pay off to where like she was switched out like back at Budapest. So Clint like really did love that Natasha that died at Vormir because that's the Natasha he's always known. But all his history with Natasha is pretty much just like, eh, you know, because it's like not, it wasn't that Natasha. It was a scroll yeah. that he spent all this time with. It and maybe it was kind of like the end of Budapest. That's why in the Black Widow movie, Budapest was kind of just kind of glazed over and not as in depth during mm -hmm. that movie. That could be why as well. But back to Rhodey, will be cool is if it ends up being Rhodey in the finale, there's a flashback to between Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, where they swatched out, switched out actors for Rhodey. And that before we see him walking into that congressional hearing with Tony, we see the scroll turn into Don Cheadle. Mm -hmm. That would be actually an, an amazing moment right there if they did something like that. 
to tie that back into the actor switch, but him being a scroll pretty much yeah. since Iron Man two. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. What if uh what if Happy Hogan was a scroll? I could see that too. You know, that would be and I mean he's kind of been Tony Stark's right hand man and been forehead of security for so long that, you know, like he's he's kind of been in everything, you know? So he's been there since the beginning too. Pepper so. Potts would be another prime one to be a scroll, especially with her being in charge of Stark Industries now. Mm-hmm. And this probably leading to Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. But then, they, but then her and Tony had a kid. Yeah, yeah, but true. she could she could have been switched out after they had the kid. Yeah, you know, like after in game. Like imagine, like she has the kid, and it's like in 2020 or something, Pepper was snatched and switched out. You know, and for the last three years or something, it's not actually been Pepper. Yeah, it would make bigger impact though if it was since the beginning. But yeah, the kid thing mm-hmm. just throw a wrinkle in that. Yeah, unless unless I don't know, they kicked the scroll too. Mm-hmm. Mm, that would be interesting. Came out, yeah, came out green. What yeah. was that? What was that movie? Uh, it was a movie or a series, like one of those horror things where the lady was a end up being a gargoyle, and the the guy the human guy didn't note it, and they had kids together, and something happened. I know happened, exactly what you're talking the, about. The they lady fly and out the, the window. Yeah, and yeah. the lady and the kids turned to gargoyles as well and bounce. It was some like one of those horror shows or something. I can't remember it's what like it was. Tales of the Crypt or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. yeah some, some could, weird. Story yeah, like they could that. do that with, with Pepper and Morgan. There's a there's a really strange movie called A Razorhead. If you've never seen it, watch A Razorhead. But the okay. guy. Yeah, there's there's some weird stuff going on there in that movie with pregnancy and weird things being born. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh New World Order. Betty Ross is back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and Liv Tyler is reprising her role. Um, there's been set picks that are out there of a funeral scene, which includes Liv Tyler's Betty Ross and Anthony Mackie, Sam Williams, and others. It does look like Anthony Mackie, Sam Wilson is in a sling, though. So it makes you wonder, is this a fake funeral? Something happens to President Ross and they think he's dead, but he's not really dead. And he's the Red Hulk now. Mm-hmm. I think so, exactly so. where I was going with that. Yeah, that's I reckon. He's, I reckon because he, he's he's pretty much dying, isn't he? Yep. He's got to kill that. off that public persona of himself, yeah. you know, yeah. like exactly. kill himself yeah. off. Yeah, but oh, I have now, a, look, the Red Hulks are now emerged. I wonder who that could be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a question for you though. Depending where this is in the movie, and, and if Sam does have, you know, he's injured somehow, whether it's early on in the movie or at at the end, do you think Sam ends up taking this a, a super soldier serum, not because he wants to, but because he has to? Because there's a rumor I'm going to talk about here in a minute uh, that could lead to this being why. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just wondering because somebody brought this up. Um, on the group the other day and i can't remember who it was it might have been matt parker i'm not sure but he said like um how can how can sam throw that shield around like cap did all that time without any super soldiers here like you know that shield is strong enough to like take people's arms off maybe that's what he's done maybe his arm is is busted from yeah. throwing the shield around so much mm-hmm. so that's what maybe um you know encourages him to take some serum but that's the arm that he carries the shield and he would take it off and throw it with the right. right? Yes. So, so like, I think, I I think, I think he definitely takes the serum in this movie because like, if we have Hulks and we have, you know, the leader and stuff coming about, 
he's going to like be in one of these situations where he's going to be like, you know, I was trying to be this type of person, this type of Captain America, the one that I thought the world needed, but the world needs a super soldier right now. I need the serum. I can't do this without it. And I hate to like jeopardize my morals here, but I'm going to go against what I've kind of stood against this whole time. I'm going to take the serum and Sam's going to need it. I mean, he's got the vibranium suit, but he, you know, needs, and he's got the vibranium shield, but he needs like, he needs some help here, um, unfortunately. And I think that this is going to be at the end of this movie where he's got the sling. And I think that's because what happens to Sam at the end of this movie probably is the same thing that they probably did to John Walker, which is where he had the shield on his arm and somebody breaks his arm with the shield on it, like what they did to John. And because, uh, you know, John Walker had his arm in a sling as well, very similar. And so Sam will probably just heal right up after like a week of having the super soldier serum, you know, no problem. Like, boom, he'll be right back to normal. But um, I would imagine he takes the serum and is probably badly hurt. Do you think another one could be where it's by accident, like we saw with um, with the Tim, Tim Blake uh, in yes. the Hulk, where he has a cut and he gets some blood or that kind of stuff and exposed and the whole time he's conflicting about it as well. Could that be another scenario? No, I think we've seen that twice now, haven't we? You know, we saw it with Jen in um, mm -hmm. in She Hulk, and we and if we if if the leader's back, you know, we've we've seen it again with him. I think to see it again with Sam, it'll be like oh, we've seen this. Yeah, true. He by the way, he is packed because set pics show him, and part of his arm is green. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we know that we're going to see the actual leader in this film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's get to rumor time for this movie. Uh, reportedly. The rumor is that Julia Louise Dreyfus will be back as Val in this film. Will appear as Val in this film. Uh, Jeff Snyder, one of the insiders, has said, "I've heard that she's in the movie in New World Order, working along five other villains to form the group, the Serpent Society, and their main mission is to obtain a special metal that is not vibranium. So, is this anti-metal? Is this um, adamantium? Adamantium, or what else could it be?" Mm-hmm. So, mm. interesting. And we're um, finally closing that loop with Serpent Society. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the, or the celestial metal, whatever yep. that is. Tiamat, you know? Tiamat, Tiamat. Yeah. So they could go and try and mine that. They chose to do so because they, 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 you know, like uh, Cersei actually changed his composition when she mm. stopped him from emerging. So we don't yep. actually know what she changed him into. So he could be some kind of new metal, like adamantium or something. Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna go the whole anti-metal route with him. They could, they could. I think from know... the comics too. There wasn't that for that mountain. Didn't they have anti-metal? I thought. I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, like we know that how important that the celestial body is because we've seen nowhere be mined. Yep. So, mm -hmm. like you know, we already know like how precious those resources are, and now Earth has like part of one sticking out of its crust. So you know, like it's like come on. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil Born Again, uh, Vincent Dionofrio states that Daredevil Born Again will be as brutal and violent as the Netflix series. So, mm. believe um, it, it. Yeah, same. Um, we've heard, we've heard this time and time again. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not moaning. I'm not moaning at all. But, you know, we heard this with, uh, Moon Knight and we, we had these, had these same discussions and, um, like I say, I'm not, I'm not having a go. Uh, I'm not being negative, but I just, I just. We'll see. Uh, after rewatching the uh, Netflix series recently and seeing Punisher kill that guy at the end of his series, I'm like, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. At least not on screen. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
And there's more rumblings of White Tiger being in this series as well. There, I'm awesome. starting to see more chatter on that. So something to keep an eye on. Awesome. Speaking of speaking of uh, violence, um, I've just watched the first two John Wick movies, um, and uh, it, it, that's great. They're really good. They're really good. Really love the um, the choreography in there. The way that he uses his guns, he's really um, really cool. You know, um, and, and he's got a very distinct style that flows throughout all of his all of his uh, action sequences. Um, I mean, you know, you can talk about the story. There's not really much of a story. It's quite simple, isn't it? But you know, the the action sequences and the 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 way that he's uh, he's got a like I say, he's got a persona, a fight persona. It's very cool mm-hmm. and very violent. <laughs> it, it it's funny. I was actually watching um, part of Daredevil recently, and I was watching that scene where it's got the blind guy, and he's singing, and he's sitting in the car, and yeah. Daredevil pops out, and he like is fighting somebody, and they grab a gun, and he disarms the guy and drops the magazine out of the gun, and takes the magazine and throws it at the other guy and hits him dead <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, forehead, yeah. and like knocks him out. I'm like, dude, like that is just insane. But it's like that John Wick kind of like fight yeah. style, yeah, yeah. like. You know, it's that kind of same choreography almost, but you know, it's awesome. I tell you, talking about guns and fight styles, um, do you remember? Have you seen Equilibrium? Yes, mm, with I Christian so. Bale. It's, it's it's kind of a take on them, um, sort of nineteen eighty four, I guess. But mm-hmm. there's a there's a great style of fight, and, and they they call it something in the movie actually, where they 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 like fight with their guns, and they but they they like. This is going to sound really rubbish, but they like punch with their guns. They don't punch with their guns, but they they do movements with their guns, and it's that's really cool. And they actually talk about it in the movie. That's that's great as well. Um, almost a little bit of a mix between John Wick and Wanted, I guess, where he basically yeah curved the bullets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Man news. Uh, Demetrius Grosset has been cast as the Grim Reaper. It's now official. It's rumored for a while. Um, so we're going to have the brothers in this series where Grim Reaper was teased in WandaVision. So it's good them to kind of close that loop too as well. Um, Ed Harris reportedly has joined the cast as well. That's awesome. So, Ed Harris has got to be, he's got to be getting on a little bit now, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. 60s. Got at least, if not, yeah. if not older than that. But yeah. Yeah. And, cool. and it has... Has Bob Odenkirk been rumored at all anymore for yeah, Wonder Man at all? It's still rumors right now. I don't know if it's official, but it does sound like Ed Harris might be the villain if he is in the series. Ooh, so okay. um Deadpool 3. Um, there was worries about Dopinder and um <laughs> his roommate were not gonna be back, but Karan Sony and Leslie Ugams will return for the movie. So I'm so happy to have blonde. Yeah, Alan yeah. Back. I love that scene where he is like, did you have enough courage to change the napkin dispenser? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> so funny. We also have a new casting. Uh, Matthew McFadden is, has been cast in the film in a secret role. And it sounds like he could potentially play a TVA agent who will have a major role that is being kept under wraps. So what were they uh, with, with some of the TVA? Was it like, um, justice peace and justice i don't know something or other the justice is people mm-hmm. it might be one of those agents yeah maybe that'd be cool um some fantastic forum news josh friedman one of the scribes behind upcoming avatar 4 snowpiercer tom cruise led war of the worlds and terminator franchise um the sarah connor chronicles and dark fate is now penning a new draft of fantastic four that's <laughs> so, so I saw saw something on on Facebook or somewhere earlier on. And it said the 
it was just one of these quotes. It said, uh, Avatar 2 writer. Yeah. To rewrite, to rewrite Fantastic Four. And someone's comment was, Avatar 2 had a writer? <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, too, because uh, Josh Freeman actually went to Tulsa Beer and said, I did not write Avatar 2. I am writing Avatar 4. And then someone was posting about Avatar 4. It sounds like there's been really good news about that script. You know, okay, from sure. that, that script. Not a lot of corrections to that script. So, right. But seeing what he's done, Snowpiercer, doing Avatar, mm -hmm. World of the World, Terminator franchise, a lot of big sci-fi stuff in this mm -hmm. theme. And I hope they do the Lost in Space theme with Fantastic mm -hmm. Four. So, um, so Jeff Kaplan and Eon Springer were the previous writers in the project. Freeman's hire signals a potential change in tone. Kaplan and Springer are known mostly for the comedic work, while Friedman is a veteran hand in sci-fi adventure and world building. So, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Shang-Chi, uh, Simi-Lu on potential sequel. Uh, going into, into a sequel feels exciting. It doesn't feel necessarily, or doesn't necessarily feel like there's a pressure to perform or a pressure to exceed. It feels like we've established a world and there's something really nostalgic and exciting about returning to the world that we spent uh, so much time ideating on and thinking about. And then we're going to revisit some things, but also the viewer uh, new things um, will deliver all the amazing action that we're celebrated for on the first movie, but then also hopefully explore new sides of Sean's character and the characters around him. That is, of course, if we can still afford Michelle Yeoh uh, she's on top of the world and just the queen of everything. Now, I hope, you know, with them mentioning the ancient uh, cities of heaven, that we somehow get um, Iron Fist introduced to this series. Kunlun. And Kunlun, yes. Because mm -hmm. you kind of throw that tease out there, and Kunlun is one of those ancient cities. So, you know, do something. Well, it makes sense, too, with the dragons, because we just saw the dragon, the ancient protector in mm -hmm. Shang-Chi. So, like, and we know that's, like, supposedly one of the seven mystical cities, right? Yep. So, like, if every mystical city has a dragon and, you know, then you have Iron Fist who defeats Shaolau the Undying to get the power of the Iron yeah. Fist, that would be awesome. Like, nice little tie <clears> there. And it could make Shang-Chi's people as well aware of the Iron Fist and potentially have history that go back, you know, to other cities like they're allies yeah basically yep. like all seven of the mystical cities are allies basically mm -hmm. but they just don't really like fraternize but if mm -hmm. they need to they can all come together and yeah. they could also kind of do i mean if they really wanted to i mean they could technically probably do karmatage part yeah. of the, the mystical cities if they chose to do so i mean i don't know if that would really fit well but maybe in the mcu they could you know and also it'd be interesting to see what they do with his sister xyling um and also the um the Ten Rings organization as well, since she took that over with uh, uh, Taser Fist or Laser or Razor Razor Fist. Razor Fist. Like, I was going to say Taser Face, Laser Fist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, from Dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> when he's, he's talking about his team. Blazer. Blazer. So, yeah. So, that'll be interesting to see if they how they tuck that back in and where that organization is going, since they we saw them also in Miss Marvel as well. Um, moving on to non-Marvel stuff, uh, X-Files, Ryan Coogler is eyeing X-Files reboot at Disney with a diverse cast. So. Oh, loved a bit of X-Files. Yeah. Back in the day. The Batman. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, a bit of Mulder and Scully. That's yeah. Brilliant. Are they going to bring them back though, or do a whole new reboot on it though? That'd be interesting. 
Uh, David, yeah. I can't. Do, you know, funny enough, I kind of talking about Ben Stiller. I can't take David Duchovny serious anymore after his appearance in um, Zoolander as the hand <laughs> model. <laughs> For the glass. Was he JP or JB someone or other or JP someone? Because you're the famous hand model. <laughs> um, Alex's favorite here, the Batman. So there's talk about Batman 2. Reportedly, Clayface will play heavily into the project. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm excited for that because I've heard Mister Freeze be rumored for that movie. I've heard Clayface, and you know the first movie had tons of villains in it, so it was kind of like a plethora of villains. And I think in that movie, if you have Clayface and Mister Freeze, you may end up with a Mister Freeze potentially switching sides in the end, helping Batman defeat Clayface. Because, like in the Arkham games, Batman gets the technology from Freeze to yep. stop Clayface. So, like, it's like one of those things where Batman's like, "I need to freeze him to make him stop changing forms." So Freeze is like, "Here you go," helps him out because, like, it'll be one of those things where it'll be like. Clayface is basically destroying the city, and this is probably going to keep Freeze's wife from being able to survive being in cryogenics. And so if she dies, then Freeze is upset. So Freeze is like, stop him, Batman. Here, take this. I like that. You know, I think that would be an awesome way to to kind of put the end to it, you know? Uh, More DC news. Blue Beetle. Um, So today there was a teaser. Uh, that says the trailer will drop tomorrow for Blue Beetle. There is some short footage out there of it to when he actually gets the beetle and it kind of becomes initially becomes the Blue Beetle, and that footage looks really good. So I'm I'm kind of excited about the Blue Beetle movie. I'm so excited for this movie. Have they said if any of the previous Blue Beetles will be in it, like Ted Cord or Dan Garrett or anything like that? Not that I know of. Okay, cool. Um, cause you know, it's, it's really funny The the guy who actually has the beetle before him, the scarab wouldn't work for him like it does for Jaime Reyes. So like seeing him get the scarab and everything, I love the costume. I love how like, even on the costume, it's got like the scarab's legs, yep. like around him, like, oh, like, oh man, it looks just like the comics. It is so awesome. Amazing suit. I'm kind of surprised they didn't put this trailer in with, um, Shazam, Fear of the Gods, you know? Yeah, um, you know what? On that, I'm I'm not surprised at any of that anymore. Okay. When when was the last time? When was the last time you you saw a trailer premiere at, at the at the cinema? I can't, um, I can't remember when it happened. It was uh, No Way Home with the Multiverse of Madness at the closing end. I think at, was the last at, one I can at, think of. At the very end, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't happen very often anymore. Yeah, like, that's a good point. They, trailers are released online before they're released in the in the movie theater now, and then sometimes they're released in a minute like that if it's at the end if it's the end scene um but um they don't release them in front of movie uh movies anymore not for the first time do you think that's maybe intentional for them to be able to gauge how many people are watching them and and rather than just putting them all in like say movie trailers and on commercials on tv they can just release them online and see how quick the response is yeah you get 20 million people who are looking at a trailer in the first 24 hours you have massive excitement for this movie you know Yeah. yeah like yeah, although that doesn't necessarily always translate into then box office success, does it? Because I'm I'm sure that um, the Quantum Mania trailer got um, ridiculous views in the first, mm-hmm. like you know, like 24 hours or whatever it was. And obviously, it hasn't done. I don't think it's done as well as what they expected it to do in the um, in the theater. Mm-mm. I mean, I think they expected that to be a billion dollar movie, like going right. into. I, I, 
I think so. I think that was kind of a, a long shot, to be honest. I think that was probably their ideal. I mean, you have to think that this was an Ant Man movie. Ant Man movies don't normally perform like exceedingly well. They never have. So the first one did like five hundred and some million dollars. The second one did like six hundred and some million dollars. So mm-hmm. I think that they thought putting Kang in this would be like something where it's like you got Ant Man, you got Kang. This is just gonna fill the seats, you know. But a lot of casual fans don't know Kang that well, and Ant Man movies don't normally perform that well. So you kind of have that like kind of working against this film, and that's mm. kind of what we have seen kind of happen. I think. Yeah. You know, a yeah. yeah. Seven fifty should have been probably been like their goal, seeing that five hundred, six hundred something. Seven fifty would have probably been the goal, but I wonder how much that that uh, script leak hurt things, mm. and mm. you can see why Marvel's taking action for it. So. And, and I, I mean. Don't... I, streaming services too like you're gonna see this movie on a streaming service in two three months and i know people who are like why am i gonna go to the movie theaters when i can just wait for my for it to be on my streaming service at home mm-hmm. like i'll just wait for it at home like i don't need it, to go out and go see it right now if you're like, not gonna see it in the first three weeks then you might as well wait because three or four weeks after that you're probably gonna see it on a streaming service um, that's, but i'm wondering how much those early poor critics reviews damaged it mm-hmm. for the general audience it wouldn't i don't think it would have made much of a difference for 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 marvel fans comic book movie fans pop culture you know fans but i think for general audiences if they saw critics reviews that were poor they may have chosen to not go and watch it mm-hmm. yeah true I, I just think that at some point they're going to have to adjust the way they release movies and probably do a deal with black widow but make it more expensive to do that you know mm-hmm. like 100 bucks you know if you want to get early viewing and watch on Disney Plus at home, you know, or whatever that platform is going to be, uh, HBO Max or whoever, hundred bucks, you know. And mm-hmm. there you go; you can watch the comfort of your own home. And and I agree with you on that. They either need to do that, or they need to go completely the opposite extreme, and that's like not put movies that are in theaters on Disney Plus for like six months after yep, six released. months at least. You know, yeah. like, and if they do that, then that'll make people show up to the theaters because people yeah. will be like, man, I don't want to wait. Like, it, yeah. it would be like back in the day when you used to go see a movie in theaters and then would have to wait like three to six months to get it in, in the store on DVD or Blu-ray. You know, yeah. it's the same kind of ideal. Yeah, I think they should do that, to be totally honest. I think that that's the better option for, otherwise we're going to lose our theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Definitely. some are losing them anyways, right? Some are still closing. Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they so, are. Um, uh, so Cineworld is, is my local theater, and I know it went bankrupt in the States, didn't it, uh, a couple of months ago, and they've just announced that they're going to be closing a lot of cinemas. I don't know whether our one's going to be closing, um, but then there's another big complex that was built prior to COVID, and the the company that were supposed to be going into there have been dragging their heels, and they've been kind of sort of sitting there going, we don't really want to do this now, but I think <laughs> they're kind of committed to it, and they kind of have to. but. Uh, last bit of news here uh, for you Scott Pilgrim fans. Uh, Netflix is bringing back the cast of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World for its anime series. Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and the rest of the gang are coming back in animated form. Anime studio science uh, Saru will be helming the revival, and Brian Leo Malley, who created the original comic, will serve as the writer and executive producer alongside Edgar Wright, who directed the live action film oh. and Ben David Grabinski. So it sounds like they're doing a, a nice whole reunion uh, of this and they're going to have an anime series. I'm looking forward to it. I, we still watch the movie all the time. I crack up laughing still all the time. You know, they had the video game, they had the movie, uh, they had the comic. So yeah, just, I hope they keep going with it. Yeah. I'm going to have to have a rewatch of that movie. I quite like that the first time I watched it. I think my boys would quite like that actually. Yeah. And that's all I have for the news. So the last segment we have left today is going to be the last two episodes of The Mandalorian. 
Excellent. Um, I was um, speaking to Mark and Rob, our sort of resident Star Wars nerds in our group, and um, about about this show. And uh, I, I'm quite enjoying it. You know, it's not got it's not got the same overarching hard hitting story that the first two seasons have had, but it's I think some of the set pieces and some of the moments in this in these this series this this the latest season have been really really touching and, uh, and 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 really memorable as well. I'm really enjoying. I think the action sequences are absolutely outrageous. They're so good really really good um and the way that they've captured the flying scenes i recently watched i think i said didn't I, a couple of weeks ago that i watched um top gun maverick and it's like watching that but just mm -hmm. with a person flying instead uh, in, a, in a mandalorian so they're great really really great really loving it um the last two episodes what we had we had the episode where they went and saved the youngling yep from uh, from the funny bird thing um that was that was a fun short episode only 27 minutes i think that one it's quite easy yeah. to get that one in yeah and then this um and then this last one we've had oh no actually i think we we haven't discussed the episode where we saw um the reformed empire people either uh i was do we discuss that with mark and jimmy or no i'm not sure i can't remember maybe we did how many episodes are we in now with mandalorian are we four episodes in now or five five i think Oh, maybe we didn't discuss. We did the first two with Mark and Jamie, so yeah. yeah. So I guess we can do three episodes today of uh, <laughs> of Mandalorian. So yeah, um, let's go back to the the new imp the new the new empire. <laughs> so yeah, they got they got those reformed empire, and there was a great actually uh, a little thing that uh, somebody said in the latest episode to the girl. They said, uh, "You you didn't change sides. You just got caught." Yep. You know, uh, so I thought that was a really great way of, uh, you know, pointing out that we shouldn't trust you people. Like you just didn't have an option. Yep. It wasn't that you decided to sort of see the light and become good. You just got caught and didn't have anywhere else to go. Which I don't think she actually was reformed because look at that episode well, three where she definitely baited that that guy into going into the old the old Star Destroyer ship and getting that technology about all, all the what the cloning stuff and so forth. And then. The way she turned up his his reprogramming thing uh, mm. in that, and then jumped to this latest episode when um, uh, they're asking to get uh, re what uh, reinforcements and help for uh, the the one planet, and oh, she's right. like, yeah, and she's all being all sneaky and sinister and kind of like they're they haven't signed the charter yet. They're kind of the outer rim type thing. Let them fall, almost like she wants whoever's still out there, the next big bad, whether it's Moth Gideon or Thrawn or whoever's coming. To be able to start picking off those planets one by one in conjunction with the pirates. Yeah. So she's she's definitely being shady there. Yep. Definitely being shady. And she's almost being like too goody goody, isn't she? Yep. As well. That's exactly where what her game was in that episode three, where she sort of thought, well, if I can dob this guy in, you know, grass him up and um you know, make me look good and get me on get me on side. Do you think that's the last we see of that guy, or somehow we see him again, or do you think he's pretty much toast now after that re that ex that intense reprogram that she pumped it up all the way? Up? Well, when we when we first saw him and when he first said what he what his speciality was, which was in cloning, I yep. was assuming that that she was going to try and recruit him so that um they could recruit him to clone the emperor. Yep, which is what we saw in the sequel trilogy. But obviously, I don't know now that she's fried him completely. 
maybe or maybe she will try and now just sort of persuade him to come back to the empire i'm not sure yeah how much is he really fried in that yeah exactly yeah programming? Or, or you know what does it mean now that he is can she can she can she reprogram him the other way yeah to go back to the empire side so yeah 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 it was interesting how she kind of you baited him in, you know, built the trust, got that kind of stuff, and then got him caught. So mm. the whole yeah. bait and switch there. Yeah. Yeah. She's um she's called that girl though, that plays yeah. that plays that that character because she was she was obviously the um the leader of the resistance in Ant Man Quantum Mania. Yep. And she was in uh Z uh, Z Nation as well for the last two or three seasons, I think, or two last two seasons she was in that. So I quite like her. I think she's quite good um but um yeah so that was interesting but uh and then we've got the um the uh the, the, the sort of bo katan now has made this kind of complete turn in the last she? episode yeah i think she might have done you know and I, I, I i'm really enjoying her character i think there's there's something there's something else going on with the yes the blacksmith lady yes. There, there's definitely some trickery going on there, Bo-Katan. Remember when we first saw her? She was by herself in her castle, mm -hmm. saying the others have gone off. There was some some kind of issue uh, between them, and they've gone off on their own. You know, and then at first, I thought she was leading Din Djarin into a trap when he went back to Mandalore. Mm -hmm. But then she comes save him, and I wonder if part of her plan was to gain that trust for him to take her back to the, you know, with the whole saving of the youngling and the blacksmith and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um and then you you kind of see that at the end of this episode they want her to remove her helmet, which is against their their ways. You know they're basically a cult. You know if you yeah. you know all intents purposes, Mandalorians are a cult, um, especially the old school ones like that, where the blacksmith calls her in. You all about the forge, and they're you know blah blah blah, and this and that. Heather take her helmet off. You know you've walked in both worlds, and they both kind of come out while none of the Mandalorians think anything anything about it. Um, but then you see the fleet out there, and he finds the ship that Moff Gideon was supposedly transported on, and they found Beskar, a piece of Beskar on that ship. So I'm thinking either one of two things is happening here, right? The conflict that she had with to the others, and why she was alone, there's something more there with this, right? Either she has Moff Gideon or knows where he is, and the others didn't disagree and took off on her, or the others have Moff Gideon and know where he is, and she didn't agree... And they separate it. Something with, with that whole thing right there when she was sitting there by herself. There's something going on there. But if if she's against them, why doesn't she say anything about Moff Gideon? Why is she kind of keeping it, that card, you know, close to the vest there? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to how this builds up. And is it Moff Gideon? Is it Thrawn? You know, who's the big bad here that's going to be revealed in this season? I'm looking forward to. I reckon the blacksmith, is he's working with the, the other Mandalorians that, that Bo-Katan was with. I reckon that's what's going on, and Bo-Katan doesn't know that. Okay, but yeah, she's she's up to something. That blacksmith, one, yeah, I mean that, that's yeah, she's a bit weird. She's a bit weird. She's been up to something from day one, I think. Or did it change because that when when Bo-Katan told the blacksmith that she saw the mythosaur, that all of a sudden that's trying to make yeah. her that maybe the blacksmith wants to be in charge of all the Mandalorians in Mandalore. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Um, I'll tell you what else was fun. Which, which I didn't I haven't seen a great deal of him uh, personally, but um, my son was like, "Oh wow!" And it was seeing uh, Zeb, who's one of the characters from Rebels, coming over into the uh, into the show only for a few moments. But he went, "Oh, that must be that must be there." Don't say his name, but he said it sounds just like him, looks just like him, you know, act just like him. 
So uh, it, it, you know they were really excited about that. And now I've got now I've got the task of watching the entirety of the Clone Wars and Rebels and Bad Batch in order. <laughs> I think it's going to take me the next two years to catch up with that. But uh, apparently, a lot of that, a lot of uh, Rebels is going to play out in the Ahsoka series. Is that's what uh, that's what Mark and, and Rob were both telling me that they think that that's going to be quite important to that. So um, it'll be interesting to see um, where they go with that show. And uh, I'm really enjoying how they're mixing, you know, the 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 old cartoons, so the Clone Wars and Rebels, and bringing in characters to these programs. You know, like Ahsoka, like Bo Katan, like Zeb. You know, um, I think it's great that we're getting these uh, these crossovers between cartoons and and uh, live action shows and movies and previous movies and previous, um, you know, little little nuggets that uh, that they've dropped in there. Um, there was a great one in uh, the first season of Mandalorian, which I didn't know. Uh, a friend of mine is a collector, and he said that there was a, a moment where a load of um, troopers turn up in a trooper carrier. Moff Gideon's trying to shoot them out of the, the, the bar that they're in. And a load of troopers turn up and they get out of this carrier. And the carrier was a toy back in the early 80s, which never featured in any of the movies. And then, But they released this toy, I think, around the time of Empire Strikes Back. And everyone that got this toy, all the kids that got this toy, was like, where the hell is this from? Like, we've not seen this at all in, in either star wars or empire strikes back and you've released this weird carrier toy like and everyone just didn't really think much of it and the next time it appears is in season one of the mandalorian like a couple <laughs> of years ago and then so there's a, my, my friend who's a little bit older he's sort of in his 50s it was he said him and my brother me and my brother were like it's, it's the carrier it's the carrier <laughs> i love it when they do stuff like that it's such yeah. a, like, an awesome like retro kind of like tie to things you know retro nod i love mm -hmm. it yeah i love it but yeah, I think um, I, I'm not, I'm not bothered about the fact that it's not got a big overarching story. I I really like these. It's almost like Towels of the Mandalores. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's great that you see in these little these small little moments where um you get these tiny little stories. You know, like the one where they went and saved the youngling. Like yep. it meant nothing really apart from Bo Katan being kind of redeemed and sort of performing that um you know that uh. Gain the trust and yes, yeah. gaining the trust, mm -hmm. yeah. But other than that, it didn't really play much into the story, a lot the overarching story. But it was a nice little, a nice little moment, a nice little sort of twenty-seven minutes of here's a little mission that we went on, you know, um, mm -hmm. and it was really entertaining. So, and now it. from helping out the what's the planet they're on? Now? I, I'm going blank here on the name of the planet they're on with the Carl Weathers character, Navarro. Yeah, Navarro. They've got a nice plot of land on Navarro where they'll be safe and they can kind of start recouping and and growing the mandalorians but you know then trying to go back and the blacksmith saying we're going to retake mandalore so that's interesting as well especially what they know that it's inhabitable you know you know mm. they can rebuild yeah so, sure. yeah sure <clears throat> uh, and lastly before we uh before we come off for tonight um we we also missed uh <laughs> we also haven't spoken about the few both coughing at the same time Yawning. um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we 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 saw a little flashback to all the sixty six. Yep. Uh, in the last episode, and we saw uh, Grogu getting saved from the Jedi Temple by um, uh, the same actor playing uh, who voiced Jar Jar Binks. Yep. As a Jedi, um, which was uh, which was great to see, and he was he was cool as well. Yeah, yeah he was really cool. 
but it, that was interesting as well because since since um ahsoka spoke to grogu in season two we've kind of you know he, she said oh yeah he got rescued from the jedi temple but we don't know like someone got him out and you don't know who it was and that was fleshed out again there a little bit of exposition it's nice we like i like those little bits of exposition just like this is what happened it took five minutes to tell us that you know yeah and that's a great build it would been cool it would been cool to kind of see uh samuel jackson's mace windy be the one at the elevator there to kind of get him out before yeah, his before his ultimate device because we never know what happened to mace windy right and apparently he could pop up at any moment now so but you know i guess something that big wouldn't be in that kind of moment i guess it would be in like in a bigger moment like at a series finale or something yeah yeah so, potentially, yeah or season finale i should say yeah yeah we shall see have uh have you seen the, the meme of the um the pirate leader and the one main pirate they keep showing of those two together in the side by side picture of, of Pizza the Hut um and his partner? There's a meme going around saying same energy right here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, they they were <laughs> that that was my only gripe with those like, sort of those pirates, like how piratey they were. Like they steered their massive, massive yep. star destroyer ship with a wheel. <laughs> mm. I was like, there was part of me that was like, this is cool. And there was another part of me that was like, this is so cheesy. <laughs> you know? But um, like, why would they have those kind of pirates in space? But I don't, it, I don't it know. It was fun. It there's was fun. a there's a there's a dc character like that and he's like a he was like a space pirate but he was like a pirate like four billion years ago and i'm like there is a space pirate in space four billion years ago you know like it's like billions of years old okay i hear you he's got a wooden leg yeah (laughs) (laughs) and a hook for a hand um yeah it was quite comical but uh but fun nonetheless and and good to see him take that the way they sort of coordinated that attack as well in that last episode was brilliant you know the, yeah they were sort of they were so uh streamlined in what they did and how they attacked and 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 you know how they sort of completely um blasted through the city and blasted through the ships it was great it was brilliant um yeah really enjoyed it looking forward to the last couple of episodes actually yeah i'm interested to see if the pirates were just like a, a one-off thing or just some kind of you know red herring or if they're actually tied to someone like thrawn or, or moff gideon or, or mm. you know who were trying to rebuild the empire they're kind of being used they've been using them yep. to kind of destabilize uh cities and, and planets yep especially the outer ones where they know that the new the republic aren't getting the new, the, yeah the new republic aren't, aren't going to have time because most of them probably aren't signing the charter they're probably not buying into the new republic's uh vision and so they're like oh those can those can do it but as the one pilot said they start there and by the time you know it comes to here it's going to be too late and that's yeah. interesting that he was doing that investigation. Um, yeah. and, and then we saw at the end of the episode with the uh, Moff Gideon's transport and finding yeah. the best car. Mm. What makes you wonder is, is that going to cause them to start some kind of conflict with the Mandalorians this next episode? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how they wrap this up because I'm pretty sure there's only one or two episodes left now. Because it's six, isn't it? Or seven? Yeah, I think, it, well, if it's me, six, there's only one left. Let me look at Disney Plus real quick here. Uh, Would it Plus. tell you? Does it tell you? I don't think so. Maybe it doesn't. I don't think it would. But um, okay. But it, well, I mean, either way, there's got to only be a couple of episodes left. Uh, even if there's even if there's nine, there's still only three or four episodes left, and uh, you know they haven't told much of a story yet. But not that I'm bothered. Like I say, I'm enjoying this the singular stories, the singular episodes. They don't have to go anywhere for me. I'm like I'm enjoying just sort of watching these these short 
sort of tales of the Mandalorians. So it's fun. Yeah, it doesn't tell you, but we're five episodes in. So yeah, it's well, got to be seven or eight then. We Yeah, we will see. Um, let's wrap it up there tonight, guys. Uh, we've had a, a hell of a long conversation, but we've made up for two weeks of not being around. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll put a pin in it for tonight. Jaren, where can these guys catch us? Yep, you can find us on Twitter, the live stream. And unfortunately, we still can't see the Twitter chat. So if you're wanting to get involved, migrate over to Twitch, uh, to YouTube, to Trovo, um, all or YouTube, all where we can see the, the chat or the Facebook page along with the Facebook group. Um, Comics Evolved um, for all those um no matter which platform you're on um but again if you're on twitch uh youtube trovo the facebook page or the facebook group you can see the chat or you can inter- we can see the chat interact with you if you're on twitter um we can't see the chat uh unfortunately awesome um it's been a pleasure guys thank you very much alex take care Jaron, take care see you next time have see a, you guys. a good one